0: A new video game developer expo is coming to New York's Tech Valley region. One Upstate, a celebration of games and the people who make them, is coming to Albany, New
1: York in 2023. Visit oneupstate.com for more information. That point where you get two and a half minutes into what you think is recording and it's not recording. <laughs>
0: well, it's better two and a half minutes than
1: at the end, right? Yeah, that is true. At least I noticed two and a half minutes in and not twenty right. some odd minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> Which there's been a time where I forgot I was interviewing someone on the podcast and I didn't realize my microphone was off,
0: <laughs> but oh, theirs so was on like at in least distant backgrounds. Of-
1: yeah, so yeah. I go to listen to it. I can hear them fine, and it just sounds like I'm an echo in the distance. I'm like, shit.
0: And that was after you left and everything. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so I, when I sat down to edit, I go, oh, "This is going to take some time."
0: <laughs> yeah, you had to push the levels up. Or were you able to do it, or not it...
1: uh, Enough. Yeah, I did it enough. I always say the least. My least favorite part of this is my own voice. So <laughs> at least it was my microphone that was off, and not my guest. But with that, welcome to another episode of Stories from a Bar. I'm your host, Chris Osborne. And for this episode, I'm hanging out at Helderberg Mountain Brewing Company with co-owner and brewer, Mike Wenzel. How are you again? Very good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks
0: for coming up. <laughs> happy to be here yes. again.
1: <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you taking the time to chat, by the way.
0: Yeah. No, I appreciate you coming up and checking the place out. and happy to have you here.
1: Yeah, it's my, uh, my first time out here. I left, like, 10 or 15 minutes early, because I was thinking, I'll stop and get gas on the way. And then I didn't pass a gas station the
0: entire way. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think I have enough gas to get home. Few and far between up here. There is one within two minutes here, so. Okay, yeah, You're that's good. good to know. I might have to make a, <laughs> a
1: quick detour then. Yep. But it is my first time up here, and it's really quaint and peaceful. I like this. This is a nice little tap room you have. Yeah,
0: here. I mean, we're we're far enough away from everything, but... It's still close. Uh, the uh, we try to be family friendly, pet friendly up here. Uh, we got a nice outdoor pavilion. we have music uh, on Saturdays in the summer and we have food trucks so it's it's nice relaxing atmosphere and we try to promote that. Awesome. And even more importantly we have a nice
1: smattering of beers here that look quite delicious and before we commiserate about the Rangers, As I mentioned earlier, uh, I think I'm going to start off with the Irish Red here.
0: Yep. So the Irish Red came about, um, we originally uh, started brewing at the Maple on the Lake restaurant, which is right over on Warner's Lake, which is five minutes from our tap room. Mm -hmm. I homebrewed for about 20 years. I grew up in North Jersey. So after being up here about six, seven years, we're still brewing beer here and uh knowing people and this and that got wind that the Maple on the Lake, they were always looking for their own beer, like their own beer brand, Maple on the Lake Ale or something like that. And one thing led to another and uh, Chris and Amanda who own it, they found out that I brewed beer and we got together one day and we were, I brought over a bunch of different bottles of different beers they brewed. And after probably, you know, a couple hours of sampling and everything and, <laughs> <laughs> of course, you have all your really good ideas. We said... Uh, it's always a couple hours. Yeah. So we said, why don't we try maybe putting something together because they had a lot of room in the basement, uh, a little area. They used to have a little uh, place downstairs where it was a little kitchen and snack bar and the beach used to be open over there. So the kitchen hood was still there and everything and we were able to... Get a brew system on the cheap. We just put a small system together, a couple fermenters, a very small uh, Blickman system, Uh and everything was manual. But we figured we would try it and see what would happen. Because if they uh, they talk to some breweries, if they contract brewed, they would have to get a whole, say, seven barrel batch, and they'd have twelve halves that they'd have to lay out the money for, and how fast you're going to go through all that beer without it? A lot more than intended. Yeah, so we got a small system and we started the ball rolling with uh, permitting, licensing and all that kind of fun stuff. <laughs> and uh, before you knew it, we had our license and we only had the beers on tap upstairs at the restaurant. So Helderberg Mountain Brewing Company was born uh, in the basement of the Maple on the Lake restaurant in East Bern, uh back in 2015. It's been that long already. Wow. So uh, things went well. You know, the little learn as you go. I never ran a business before. Everybody says, oh, you're brewing beer, so you just brew beer and drink beer. And that's (laughs) being a brewer and running a brewery. But that's about 25% of it. I mean, I guess if you're at home. (laughs) Yes. At home when it's relaxing and hanging out in the garage. Yeah. But just uh, everything that goes into it, ordering ingredients, accounting, bookkeeping, you name it, permits, renewals of, uh, you know, insurance that, that I could go on forever about all the different things that I do weeknights now. Uh, having a full-time job and running this place is interesting, to say the least. I'm very busy during the summer. So oh, I'm sure. After work, I'll go home and eat and might spend an hour or two doing one of the previously listed items uh, just to try to get it done. Wow. So it's, uh, winters are off time. Summer, it's very busy, and we're open Wednesday night, Friday night, and Saturday afternoon. And like I said, we have music uh, Saturday afternoon, 4 to 7. We have food trucks. Uh, that goes till the end of September. So it's our busy season, and then we have Sundays where we'll brew beer now and keg beer and uh, that kind of thing, and keeps me busy seven days a week.
1: Jeez. What's it like in the winter up here, then? Are you able to do a lot of prep for this time of year or anything? Uh, so or is not we, much you can really do.
0: Yeah, not too much uh, ahead of time brewing or anything like that. We can, mm-hmm. uh, we'll can we do some maintenance items. We'll uh, This year we're planning on uh, enclosing the outdoor pavilion with some of the nice heavy plastic siding and putting some heaters in there. So at least we can use that a little longer and maybe have music a little bit longer in the season. The thing up here is with all the campgrounds and the lakes and everything like that, we probably lose about half the population after Labor Day. Oh, uh, people yeah. close the lake houses, the campgrounds closed down, so we probably lose about half the people. Wow! So we it's mostly regulars at that point coming in. You know we're open all year. A lot of people don't think we're open all year; they think we close <laughs> at Labor Day too. But now we're we're uh, here in the in the winter, and uh, we'll be able to take more days off between the three of us, owners slash employees mm-hmm. that uh, work here, and we're able to. Get some time to you know, do things at home or go away for a weekend or something like that.
1: So a lot but of winter vacations? Uh,
0: <laughs> a lot of house projects I have. Oh, yes. <laughs> that list doesn't get any smaller. I'll do one thing over the weekend and add three things to the list. So That sounds about That's right. That's the way it seems to go.
1: I, I actually just had to restain my deck after a lot of it came up over winter. Mm-hmm. I'm like, son of a bitch. Yep. And so I went and bought two things of stain because I couldn't remember how much it took me. And do the railing and all the little posts in it do the first coat on my baseboards and the steps i go to do a second coat and i run out of stain with like five boards left uh after the first coat like oh so close (laughs) how it works right and it had been about a month or so since i bought the stain Mm -hmm. i went to go get the other can different color
0: really it's like no are you
1: kidding me is it
0: one of the custom mixed ones or what is the no standard color no it was it? a
1: standard yeah like i I bought the i meant to get the cedar this was like honey gold or something yeah. else i'm like ah son of a bitch well no one's gonna didn't happen if nobody yeah. knows right except now the everyone that's gonna hear this right.
0: <laughs> yeah somebody's over the house will be looking for those five, those boards. five <laughs> boards luckily you can't really
1: tell the difference so that's what yeah. at least that's what i'm telling myself close enough yeah it. put the table over it right now. <laughs> yeah. move the table <laughs> over here yeah
0: um i forgot so oh so we were talking the irish yeah red. i'm sorry we got off on our first tangent so uh so the uh finn's irish there's, red there's Ale, more coming um so that uh so their son uh, chris and amanda's son was born on saint patrick's day and his name is finn oh man so one thing led to another and i said hey i got an idea for saint patrick's day so, the first time we brewed it, he was actually. He's going to have some rough ones coming once he's old enough to he drink. Was the very first kindergartner to ever have a beer named after him on <laughs> <and> tap. <laughs> Talk about bragging rights in the kindergarten. Right? Oh, that's going to be great. Yeah. So, that's how that came about. And uh, so now it's a yearly brew. We brew it uh, once a year in January for St. Patrick's Day. And uh, the last couple of years, we brewed it on the smaller system and we. I had to brew it three times uh, because it sells really quickly. So this time we did it on the big system. So we'll probably have it available. Usually kicks in the beginning of August, end of July, August. No But it's still one of our best sellers. We debated having it year-round because it sells so well. But Mm -hmm. then that kind of – we'll just do it once a year for – Takes a little bit of the specialty out of it. I think
1: so, yeah. It's really good. And you don't come yeah. across too many reds, so uh, yeah. Usually, well, when I see you. one, I usually grab one.
0: Yeah, thanks. Glad you like it. Yeah, it's we tweak it a little bit here and there, but it's pretty much been the same recipe for since its inception. So,
1: I'm jealous of Finn.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, it's still got bragging rights. So I know. Cool, right?
1: He'll always have
0: that. And I'm yep. <laughs> so that's how that beer came about. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Um. It's been 30 years since the Rangers won the Cup. I know. I'm, it's been a long 30 years.
0: So I, you know. I think it's time to talk hockey. We should get this out of the way. So, I, yes, like I said, I grew up in North Jersey. So I started watching the Rangers. I'm going to date myself. But um, early 70s, started watching the Rangers. I remember when we got the first cable TV in the area. And they had the old box with the slide top on it. And we used to get the MSG network, and my dad and I would watch the Ranger games. Did it, was MSG a network back? I don't know if it was on MSG or it was whatever station it was, always broadcasted all the Ranger games. So we'd watch all the games. And one of the other channels was the WSBK in uh, Boston, so we'd get the Bruins games, too. Oh, really? Well, back when cable was, you know, used to be able to get everything off paying for it. We just paid one price <laughs> Yep, got everything.
1: The good old days at this yes. point. What's ridiculous about MSG is it, we're considered a Sabres market. Yes. So they always get priority over Ranger games when they're playing at the same it's time. It's horrible. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I, Boston's closer. Right. <laughs> well,
0: yeah. yeah. Buffalo's four hours, right? The Garden's, what, two and a half and Boston, Boston's, Boston's three hours, like three hours, three and a yeah. half hours. So, yeah, I don't know who decided that we were Sabers. And no offense to Sabers fans, but uh, I don't know who decided that all of upstate New York likes the Buffalo Sabers, and nobody <laughs> likes <it's>, the Islanders. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that. See, it's kind of
1: odd, isn't it? But, it was. It was so, funny. One Ranger game I went to back when the Islanders were playing in Brooklyn. My girlfriend and I went to go see. Uh, it was either when they played Calgary or Pittsburgh. Hmm. Um, but it was a an afternoon game, a, like a noon game or 12.30. I went to go buy two beers right before it started at like 11.55. They're like, we can't sell these to you for another five minutes. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. There's that. And then when I paid for them, two large, I think they were Yain Lanes. I think I spent maybe like 25 bucks or something mm-hmm. like that, between 25 <laughs> and 30. And then I was looking at the price for Islanders tickets. because I'm like, maybe it'd be cool to see a game there at some point. My two beers were the price of an Islanders ticket.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. We know. I noticed that too. You go there and you you try to drink it as slow as possible to get your money's worth for what it costs.
1: Oh yeah, still a hell yeah. of an experience though. Oh yeah, I
0: took my father-in-law on a bus trip to see the Yankees and the Red Sox in Boston because he always wanted to go to Fenway. Oh, I've been that. there, so we took the bus trip out and we were watching the game. I said, "Do you want anything?" He said, "No." So I said, "Let me go get a beer." I went down I think uh, I got a can of Jack's Abbey Pilsner or something and I think it was 15 bucks and they don't take cash anymore. So you exactly. have to use a card. They don't handle cash. Hmm. Everything's card or debit card or credit card, so I'm like, well, that's my one beer for the day. Wow. <laughs> Amazing.
1: Yeah, my brother and I went to Fenway once. I don't remember who they were playing, but it was one of it was like on his bucket list and he brought me with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we sat literally right on the third base, just behind the third base, right on the field almost. Nice. Well, We were like second row, but the people in front of us never showed up, so <laughs> we just moved Perfect. down. And they have TVs in the wall there, so you can actually oh, really? see nice. the broadcast while they're playing. Mm-hmm. And the color guard came out to sing the anthem. They stood right in front of us. So there we are up on the jumbo truck. <laughs> like, we're <Perfect>. on TV. Yeah. <laughs> And then Oops. the guy that was sitting next to me caught the line drive that was coming right at us, so I was kind of pissed because they got there super late.
0: Oh, yeah. That's, that's like, we didn't, at
1: that point, we didn't think, oh, these seats must be open too. No, they came literally five minutes later. They hit a line drive right at us, and he got it. I'm like,
0: ah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> like, man. But I really thought the Rangers were going to at least get by the Devils,
0: especially after the first two games. Yeah. They were rocking. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm a diehard Ranger fan, so I watch every single game. They got the center ice package due to the Sabres uh, issue that we spoke about. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it didn't start off good. Then all of a sudden they started playing good. And then at the trade deadline, they picked up Tarasenko, which I was happy about. And then all of a sudden the wheels started turning, and they got Kane, who had a known hit problem yeah, and wasn't 100%. And it just threw off all the chemistry, in my opinion, and every time the Devils played the Rangers, they just kind of shut them down during the regular season. And after, and so I, I was not happy that they had to play the Devils the first round. <laughs> then after the first two games, I kind of changed my tune a little bit. I'm like, well, <laughs> they finally figured it out and got it together. And then the next two games happened. The collapse. And they looked like they had no idea and they were done.
1: I had made a bet with a buddy
0: at the time who's a devil's fan like uh
1: fan of the losing team buys the other a four pack of heady topper. Yep.
0: I'm
1: like, all right, fine. I didn't Where'd you go to get it? Uh that was the thing. <laughs> after they lost, uh I'm like I'm like, all right, I'm gonna not have to drive to Vermont after the yep. first two games. Yes. Then the next two games happen, I'm like Sh- shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then they came back, won the next game. I'm right. like, they can't lose two in a row, right? Mm-hmm. Nope, they did. So I texted him, I'm like, I guess I'm going to have to drive to Vermont, so maybe I can do that next weekend. Yeah. He's like, I trust you, you don't have to do that. So I ended up going and getting him some Bidens instead, because that was
0: a, much closer than Vermont. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah? Nice. But yeah,
1: well, I'm was, like, I, I regret that bet now.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know. It, it, it I can't figure it out. But the way they lost the last two games was just, I don't know. They, yeah, they that was show up. embarrassing. Yeah.
1: Even with Kane hurt, they should have done better than that. Mm-hmm. So I thought they could buy the Devils and then lose to Boston or something.
0: It's been a lot of long years being a Ranger fan. It has.
1: I will say, everyone I wanted to lose is has lost though, so I don't really have a horse left in the race.
0: It was amazing, right? With everything was wide open for Toronto to oh, make their man. run, right? And then they fell apart. They can't figure it's so
1: it. So crazy, and I. I, for decades, that video of all the crazed fans chanting "We want Florida"
0: is yes. going to come back
1: to haunt them every yes.
0: year. Oh yeah, that's that was the best thing that could ever happen there. <laughs> <laughs> we want Florida. I mean, they got them. Florida's they're playing amazing right now. Oh yeah, I right.
1: at this point I I think they win it all.
0: It looks like it. Bobrovsky's back to his Vezina form. He's stopping everything. Stuff he doesn't see is stopping. It's amazing. Yeah. And then just the way Kachuk's leading that team and has got everybody on his back. It's it's amazing to watch. Right? It is. How it all really of a sudden is. they just sneak in the playoffs <laughs> on the last day of the season, and now they're just dominating. Those are the so, best stories. Yeah.
1: And my favorite yearly tradition of watching Brad Marchand cry. That's that's always fun yeah. for me.
0: Yeah. It was early this year. That was. I think that was the biggest disappointment of the whole season. Right. Probably. They break all those records and everything, and then...
1: Most, most wins ever by an NHL team in a season? I don't, I don't know. That's, I don't know how you could
0: be that good, and then all of a sudden fall apart.
1: Doesn't matter up until that point.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> the same thing happened to, who was it? Tampa Bay. Yep. Right, They got swept out by Columbus four games. They were the
1: record holder before Boston did it. But
0: then they came back and won two cups in a row, so... Yeah. We'll keep hope alive.
1: <laughs> if it happens after Marshan retires, all right. Yep. Just can't stand him can't stand them.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see if Bergeron comes back for another season and Krejci's the other wild card, right? Those two guys I, I don't were, think they're back. Yeah.
1: And the Rangers know. are going to lose at least one key piece. I mean, mm-hmm. Tarasenko and Kane won't be around.
0: I always say keep Tarasenko. Kane, he's, I don't know. Uh,
1: they won't afford Tarasenko. If mm-hmm. Kane gets, he, I know he needs some kind of surgery. He said yep. he wants to come back. Right. If he's healthy and he's going to be signing an over-35 contract, Maybe it's worth it for a year or two because they'll have, so it who knows? hurt
0: to try as long as they're not mortgaging the future or cutting out some of these younger guys that are yeah. developing and getting better, so I don't know. We'll
1: yeah. see. I'm going to move on to another beer and maybe we should talk <laughs> a little more about the brewery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not sure which this one is. has a nice golden.
0: So that looks like it might be the pale ale.
1: I think, actually, I think you're right. Yeah. Pale ale. So... Me a little bit about this guy.
0: That um, that beer is one that we've had for quite some time. Uh, this is a different version of it, but uh, so growing up in North Jersey, me and my buddy Mo uh, and Glenn, we always home brewed in the driveway and this and that. And one thing led to another, and we said, "Oh, let's just enter some beers for the fun of it." And we ended up winning the best in show two years in the. North Jersey homebrew competition, which yep. let us uh, brew on the place that sponsored the competition was Crow's Brew Pub. So they're in Sparta, New Jersey. It's Crow's. It's K-R-O-U-K-R-O-G-H. And uh, so they sponsored this competition. And the grand prize is you got to brew your beer on their system. So funny story, because at that point we were just doing extract. So we, you know, had the bag of grain, we'd soak it in there for a while, take it out, add the malt extract and boil it and add our hops and that's it. So we, that's how we brewed and we didn't know anything about brewing on commercial system. So the, the brewer slash head cook that was there, he got us going in the morning and uh, he says, all right, there's all your grain bags. They're open. Have at it. You can mash in and everything. All right. Cool. So, you know, we're there taking pictures and this and that. us on the brew stand and we're just dumping the bags in, <laughs> dumping the bags in. And he comes back in. He goes, hey, you guys, making out. And he looks at the mash paddle and it's dry. He goes, how many bags did you dump in? I'm like, I oh, put three in so far. He goes, are you stirring it? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, needless to say. Uh, he told us get out of the way. Jumped up with the mash paddle, was stirring it probably for 15 minutes to break everything up the nice, you know, huge <laughs> dough ball that we created at the bottom of the mash tun. So that didn't make his day because he was all sweaty and came back down and kind of told us abruptly, stir the rest of the measure, dumping him in. And so it was kind of uh, lessons learned. Yeah, it was like ah, oh, this this is not what we thought it was. <laughs> But we didn't know, you know, we didn't know what we were doing going in. So we just did the extract brewing. But so anyway, so then we got into the old grain and we brewed for years on the old grain and all that stuff and kind of got better and better at it and figured everything out. And uh, so that kind of led to when I moved up here and then we started brewing up here with, uh, you know, new people that I met up here. And that's kind of where everything started. But that uh, recipe was originally Haybale Pale Ale when we were down there, and uh, now it changed to Hale's Cave Pale Ale. And Hale's Cave is one of the caves over at Thatcher Parks. So oh, okay. Most of our beer names have to do with uh, local area attractions or agriculture or everything kind of local up here is what we're going for beer names. Yeah. But we kind of pick local items, farming, parks. Uh, roads this and that that's awesome yeah
1: what got you interested in brewing in the first place
0: um this is really good by the way oh thank you um one of the homebrew kits that we ended up i forget we were out in a store one day and we saw this homebrew kit and we bought it and of course that's the hardest thing you could ever make beer on is one of those (laughs) little kits and uh we've we had that had to be early '90s, and down in North Jersey, there was one or two homebrew shops, and that was it. And they were half the size of this tap room, which was really small. They mm-hmm. had limited number; you could only make five or six recipes. And slowly but surely, we started building up our system and building up our pieces and parts. And we scratch built everything that we brewed and started. Fun in books and reading, and it just kind of snowballed because we really enjoy doing it. And uh, we just had the one rule that we found out after a while was we made sure we didn't start drinking till we started the boil, because we had a couple times where we started drinking real early, and that led to disaster trying <laughs> to dump the mash through colanders and everything and get the liquid out, and so. Yeah, but that again, lessons learned. Yeah, that was goes back to all the good decisions are made after about five or six beers. So Uh, that's
1: one hundred (laughs) percent. So we are at the tap room, but you're not actually brewing here. Where are where is your setup?
0: So we, like I said, we started over at the Maple on the Lake on 2015. We started that. We opened the tap room here at the end of 2017. So we quickly realized the following summer that we kind of outgrew this. The brew setup over there, because the tap room took off. We were selling more beer than we ever imagined we'd be selling. You know, I was brewing every single Saturday, Sunday morning, just to try to keep up with demand. And we really didn't have too many beers on, so that went for a year or two. We were kind of looking for another building to expand the brewery, and I talked to Bill uh, Felter, who owns Series Brewing Company over in House Cave, and. He said that uh, he was looking for a smaller brew system to do seasonals or one-offs, or because he only has a seven-barrel system. Mm-hmm. So if he wants to try a new beer or something like that, he has to brew seven gallons or seven barrels of it. And if it doesn't go well, then you have all that beer. with yeah. it, What do you do with it? So we started talking and say, hey, we're looking for a, to expand, and we basically were asking him, hey, could maybe we start contract brewing with you? a couple of our just core beers and we continue brewing all the specialty items and everything on our own. And one thing led to another, we had discussions and he said it would be great if you had your system over here and I can use your system for the seasonals and one-offs and you can use our big system for the core beers. So we basically have a one and a half barrel system that's ours and we use Bill's 7 barrel system. So it's a we evolved into an alternating proprietorship the ttb and the sla that's awesome um so it worked out great because we didn't have to buy a building in a bigger brew system um and it satisfied bill's need for a smaller system and to be able to do more seasonal beers one-offs and all that Mm -hmm. so it actually is a really good partnership and we're two totally separate breweries we're not a combined company or anything like that but uh when we brew over there we actually brewed yesterday our blonde ale but when we brew there it's our brewery we're Mm -hmm. the owners of it for that day and then we own that fermenter that the work gets pumped into uh when it ferments out and then uh we'll keg our product when it's done and we load it up and we bring it back here and we have a big cooler downstairs that we we don't store any beer there um or ingredients that's all self-contained and on us so it i mean it works out great that's all To be honest with you Especially, like I said, we all have full-time jobs, so we're running this brewery on the side. Yep. Well, that kind of sounds a little sketchy, but we're <laughs> we're running the brewery. The Everything's it, it's on it's the up and up. It's legitimate. legitimate brewery. Yes. No, but I just running this business, and, and having a full-time job is challenging during the summer. But we're small enough where it's still enjoyable, and that's we're uh, we have our beer in five or six different accounts. Within a half hour of the tap room here. Oh, awesome. We're kind of maxed out. And that's all we really want to do at this point. Mm-hmm. Just to get the word out that we're here. It's it, That's always the constant challenge is how do you get the word out that we get people every single weekend? You know, and oh, we never knew you were here. And the band's helping everything because the bands have a, a local following. Or if the band comes from Clifton Park or if the band comes from Albany or they come from wherever, they have their following. And people don't even have any idea we're here. So... That's always the kind of – it's tough to get the word out that. That was
1: something I was going to ask because this is a little yeah. out of the way. So yeah. I was curious what the clientele is like. Is it mostly locals or during the summer do you get a lot of
0: – During the winter, it's locals. Uh, it's it's helped that we're on the Capital Craft Beverage Trail. Mm-hmm. And we're also on the Schoharie Craft Beverage Trail. Oh, that's right. Which, Because uh, we're only four miles from the uh, Schoharie County border here. Mm-hmm. So – they were kind enough to let us be members. Actually, you
1: know uh, the place I passed on the way here, which I didn't realize was as close to me as it was, was Allied Brewing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, they're right down there at uh, at the Altamont Orchards and yeah. everything. So I know they opened back up for the season. They got a nice place there. Yeah. So.
1: So your brewery is set up there. How'd you come find the tap room location here?
0: Um, this building was originally built in 2002 i believe it was and it opened as an ice cream slash hot dog hamburger place and at some point they ran that for a couple years it changed hands two more times it changed hands to another similar business and then that they closed and people came up and tried to make a new orleans cajun type restaurant out of it and everything out of I this don't place i think that lasted very long really so the building was vacant for three and a half four years before we moved in it sold at auction they auctioned off everything that was inside and then they auctioned off the building hmm. and then the building was vacant for three years three and a half years so we approached the owner uh, being a New York farm licensed brewery, we were able to open branch locations. So we said instead of having a, just our beer on tap at the Maple Inn, it would be nice to have kind of our own venue to showcase our beers and make a, a nice little family friendly establishment here. And we discussed uh, the building with him and he was open to leasing it to us. So we did some construction here and just fixed everything up for a couple months. and. Got our necessary permits for this location and we opened December of 2017 here and then we ended up uh, negotiating and we purchased the property almost three years ago now so oh wow this is our uh, official home
1: that's fantastic what kind what kind of shape was it in when you took it over after being empty like that it was
0: completely empty everything was gutted Uh, they pulled the exhaust fans right off the roof. They had just little sheet metal covers. The whole building in here was empty. The walls were nicked up. It was just kind of, you could still see some of the remnants of this and that. There used to be a sink back there where that pipe comes up. The counter used to be right by the door. We built that and pushed that back. Oh, wow. uh, So it'll be nice if it was a little bit bigger, but it's, it's nice it's good for, like I said, for what we're doing and kind of where we're at. And uh, we're just, we don't have any ambitions of taking over the world or being in every <laughs> bar, restaurant, all that. We're kind of happy with what we have. And this is, you know, going to be our retirement. We're all not exactly young anymore. So in a little bit, this will be our retirement. And
1: I'm getting up you know. there myself.
0: Yep. Mm hmm. <laughs> Yes. So it's now we're happy with it. It's good. So little by little we're fixing. You guys did a great
1: job. There. It has a nice little rustic feeling.
0: Yeah, so that was it? the goal—a little cozy, nice place. And yeah. uh, it's not on now, but we do have a real fake fireplace. <laughs> yeah, a there. real fake fireplace. Yes, that's uh, yeah, it's really nice. So, so
1: what was, I mean, what was the toughest part about getting this place in shape to open? Then,
0: um, just having the time to put into it. It's, you know, fitting everything in is the challenge all the time. Mm. So luckily it didn't really need that much work. All the subway tile was all here. It just needed painting. It needed, we built the bar. We have some old parts and pieces in here that actually came from the Maple on the Lake restaurant. So the old restaurant was actually down the road here instead of on the lake where they are now. So that exhaust hood... Uh, we aren't using it for anything, but we threw that in while everything was open, just in case down the road, if we were, I don't know, going to just cook some small food or reheat. I mean, we're allowed to reheat items. We can't cook anything from scratch. Mm-hmm. But uh, if we were going to put a little oven in there or something like that, at least we put that in. And uh, yeah, so we built the bar. These chairs are actually from the old restaurant, uh- <laughs> tables and chairs, so we painted them and Fixed them up a little, and this is about as much as we can fit in here. But uh, we'll put some of the bar stools out at the bar, and it's it's good. It's yeah, nice it's a- in the summer because everybody can be outside, and the winter it gets a little. Depending on what's going on here, it gets a little a little tight sometimes. But we're going to try to enclose the pavilion at the end of this year, so maybe we can continue to yeah. That's a use nice use it and have more space. That's a nice large pavilion yeah. to have there. Yeah, it's good. In the summer, we have music four to seven Saturdays, and uh, we have a food truck every Saturday. Like I said, that goes till the end of September, so that's kind of our big day. Mm-hmm. But we're open Wednesday night, Friday night. Wednesday night's usually local night where all our regulars come in and relax and hang out. And we have uh,
1: I'd be sitting out there in the grass just drinking and staring at yeah. the woods right behind us because yes. it's nice and
0: peaceful. It is. It's nice uh, with all the trees around. It's kind of secluded back there. Yeah. So it's, Nice relaxing, but when we have the music, uh, we have a bunch of chairs out back that we'll put out, but a lot of people bring their lawn chairs or blankets, and their kids will be running around, and just everybody has a nice relaxing afternoon, and we just, we have a lot of people that say we come up here, it's so nice and relaxing to get away from everything and, you know, take a couple hours after they do their yard work in the morning or anything like that, so it's, it's nice. That's That's exactly what we're trying to create here, so it's nice to hear that from people.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I'm moving on to another beer. Um, so
0: that one is probably the IPA.
1: Yeah, yes. Because I think the other one was...
0: <laughs> yeah, let's say it's well, the IPA. probably smell it if it's the IPA. It smells like it. Yeah, we got two beers here we pour that look exactly the same almost. So. Oh, is that the brown? The brown ale, that's the other one. So the IPA, um, being that it's... Similar in color, and you're in the shadow a little bit there. This is the IPA. So the IPA this is, is this more is of brown. a. <laughs> yep. So the IPA is a little bit more of a, a Northwest IPA that we have right now. So it's a little darker in color. It's got a nice caramel looking color to it. The. Uh, Generous samples. So I've lost track. Yeah. So we. Well, I'm to make you feel at home here. Oh, yeah. Right, right? I'm feeling good. Um, the, yeah. The IPA is more of a it's a lot of our beers have a hundred percent New York ingredients, New York malt, New York hops. We try to use as much local product as we can. There's so much good product coming out of New and, York State. Yeah, And that's, that's great uh, because
1: that's the requirements. 60%,
0: like 60% right now. Yes. As a foreign brewery, but a lot of our beers, probably 75% of our beers are a hundred percent New York ingredients between the wow. malt and the hops. And they're such good products. The malt is fantastic. The hops are really good. They're, planting more and more varieties of hops lately that they've found can grow in this latitude. So it's expanding more and more each year. There's more hop farms now because of the um, there's so many farm breweries Mm -hmm. and there's so many people trying to source local ingredients. It really, it's really taken off and the quality of the ingredients is fantastic. So if we can use as I'd rather support local farmers and local agriculture than be buying items from, I don't even know where they're, what farms are coming from this and that, at least around here. We know what farms are growing the grain. We know what farms are growing the hops. Mm -hmm. And it's nice because you can discuss the beer with people that come in and say, Hey, this, uh, you know, the grain from this came 50 miles from here and the hops came from Cherry Valley. And that together made this beer. And it's pretty much as local as you can get. Yeah. That's nice.
1: That's always fun to hear when you're drinking a beer, like, wow, this is, all made right here Great. yeah I mean you talked about the kind of environment you've set up here what was the community response like when you first opened the tap
0: room here um more than we could imagine we weren't sure what to expect being that we are in a rural location here mm-hmm. but it picked up slowly and then it seemed like the word got out and all of a sudden we were having bigger crowds every Saturday and this and that. And we started going through more beer, which led to inevitably where we are today. (laughs) You know what the setup that we have where we're brewing on the seven barrel system as well as ours to keep up. And it also evolved with the music. Like I said, a lot of people follow the bands when they're playing a lot of all the bands that we have are all local bands. So they have all kinds of crowds and all the bands know each other and it's, Mm -hmm. Amazing. And so I actually book all the bands starting in February. Oh, wow. And you think you have the whole year without enclosing that. Really, the whole summer is only 20 Saturdays. So I'll probably get 50 emails from 50 different bands wanting to get in here and play. And it's just kind of, we have our bands that were with us from the beginning that we try to get in every year. We try to get new bands in every year to change it up. And we have all different types of music. We have rock, we have country music, we have sort of jam bands. We have, you name it, a little bit of everything. Um, There's bands that, you know, play some 80s, 90s type music. And so there's a little bit, every weekend is different. So it's, it's, it's fun, but it, some days we just wonder how you sit back and you wonder how did, when we look outside and all the tables are full and the grass area is full and we have a line and we're pouring beers, it doesn't. You're so busy, it doesn't set in until maybe later on on Saturday when we're cleaning up. Like, how did we get to where we are? It just you don't. I don't know. You don't think about it because you're so busy with everything else. I think. What's it been yeah. like for you then to just see the place grow? It's like nice. That? It's nice that everybody. I think the one thing that people like is our, our beer selection. We try to have a little bit of everything. So we have light beers and then we have, we have ambers, reds, browns. Then we have pale ales, IPAs. We have stouts, porters. So we kind of try to run the gamut. We also uh, offer New York ciders and wines for people that don't drink beer. Uh, it's just nice having people enjoy the beers and enjoy the atmosphere and just come in as they're walking out and said thank you for a great afternoon. It, it's just, it's. It's nice. That's all, awesome. and it's kind of what we try to build. And it's nice when things kind of work out. I was
1: gonna say, you get, it looks like you got twelve beers on tap here, and this is yep. a really great selection. It's not you're not heavy on any one item or anything like that, which is yeah.
0: Awesome. We we're a little bit lighter now with the summer months. So, um, but we still have uh, the oatmeal stout sells all year. Does it? Yeah, we pour a ton of it on. It can be an eighty five degree day, and you have your people as they'll just be pounding the oatmeal style down.
1: Oh man, that, so, that almost sounds
0: unpleasant in that kind of weather.
1: At least yeah, for me. It's,
0: but most people, see, it's funny because you'll get the, the different people that come in for the different bands and you'll see some people to come in and you can tell that they don't go to craft breweries and <laughs> you go, what do you have that's like the Bats or what do you have that's like Budweiser. So we... Right now, we offer. We have a Mexican lager that's yep. nice and light. It's got flake maize in it, so you get that nice uh, corn finish to it. We have a pilsner, uh, Czech pilsner on the blonde ale. We always have. So we kind of try to cater to people that really aren't into the craft beer, and at mm-hmm. least have something and show them how good a hundred percent New York crafted beer can taste versus. What they're used to, so yeah. to speak. You know, I'm not trying to convert anybody, but I'll say, look, you like this style of beer. Here's, here's a little variation on the style that you like, and they come back in for a couple more. So, so far, so good. <laughs> just the first one's free, just a taste. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> well, we do have a special <laughs> that we run every time we're open. That's over your shoulder. There. If you buy one beer for the price of two. You'll actually get your second beer absolutely free. So that's
1: it's, that's quite the promotion. Yeah. <laughs> so the name seems fairly obvious based on the location you're sitting in. But what was it about the name Helderberg Mountain Brewery that you're like that's the name? Or did you have trouble coming up with anything initially or kicking um, ideas around?
0: We kind of threw a couple things around, but when we come up into when you come up into East Burn, there's signs. That say, "Welcome to East Burn, the heart of the Helderbergs." Hmm. So we kind of, well, it's the Helderberg Mountains. Now, I, when I was out in Denver, I got in trouble for saying that I live in the Helderberg Mountains, and they turned around and instantly pointed at the Rockies and they said, "You don't live in the mountains. This, these are the mountains." So um, it's true. I've been to like, the top of Pikes Peak. Yeah, that was that was an experience driving yeah, up so there. They didn't they didn't care for that term. Where you're from? Where? <laughs> but, uh, so, you know, it's the small area between the Appalachians and the Adirondacks is the Helderberg mountain range. Mm-hmm. So okay. it just kind of, that's, we're right in smack in the center of it. So we figured Helderberg mountain sounds like kind of a cool name. It does. So it we works. With it and something different than that differentiates us from. I don't know. It's like I said, all of our names are kind of based on local geographics or landmarks or this and that. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of went with that too. Nice. I also
1: like the sign design by the way. So that came up with that.
0: So that actually, believe it or not, when we came up with the name, and decided what we wanted to, it kind of, you know, went on the internet and looked at this and that different logos and this. And I liked a little, this one, a little, that one. So believe it or not, my second grade art class actually came in handy when I said, when am I ever going to use this again with cutting out construction paper and this and that, but I actually got a bunch of pieces of paper and wrote different things in different areas and cut them out and started taping them on top of each other and all that kind of thing. And then we brought it to the embarrassingly brought it to the, the graphic artist. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, this little, uh, this is kind of what I'm
1: looking for. That's fantastic.
0: So, yeah, so it ended up morphing into that, which is a really nice logo. However, if you try to take that logo and shrink it down onto a baseball cap, it becomes a blob. So, which is why uh, we have the second logo, which is on the baseball caps. Yeah. Because there's too much going on. And it looks, the logo looks nice when it's full size. And it even has the detail of the antennas that are up on yeah. pinnacle. Yeah, I see that mountain over here are on there but when it gets shrunk down beyond the size of maybe the front crest on a shirt or something Mm -hmm. when you try to get it down hat size it it gets all blurred out so we kind of have our secondary or 1b logo that we just throw on the baseball caps and uh you can probably see it better there yeah that's it's that's uh, a good one too yeah so that's kind of just bare basic bones we said had him just make something up for us and so i don't know something like a, just a simple patch or crest with our name in it, and they came back with a little pine tree on there. So I said, "No, oh, it works.
1: It does. So I'm moving on to the brown ale as we get closer to the end here. Yep. Tell me a little bit about this guy.
0: So the brown ale was uh, something that – so all the early homebrew kits and this and that always seemed <laughs> to have the nut brown ale recipe. So the nut brown ale, I do like the maltier beers. So – the brown ale was something that we used to brew home brewing and this, and always tended to gravitate to. The selection of brown ales out now is it's somewhat minimal. So that recipe kind of evolved. And for me, one of my requirements is if I'm going to brew a brown ale, it has to have brown malt in there. So that brown malt comes through in the end, gives it that nice toasty, biscuity, unique brown malt flavor, which I think makes that beer unique. And uh, I mean, everybody seems to really enjoy it. We have it on year round. Um, Everybody likes it. And like I said, there doesn't seem to be too many brown ales out there. Uh, That one's more of a Southern English brown ale, it's more on the malty side. Mm-hmm. The northern ones have a little bit more hops, but we wanted to really profile the nice maltiness. Um, so that beer, I believe, is 85% New York malt, and then we have the uh, actual brown malt oh, wow. uh, in there from England. So Yeah, that's really good. But it's something unique and different than that. That malt really makes that beer, which is what I really enjoy about yeah, it. Yeah, you don't come across brown ales too often. They're not right. uncommon, but they're yep. not. I think the, common. what was it? The um, original beer, the Pete's, uh, one of the original micro breweries. I'm drawing a blank on it. Oh, Pete's Wicked Ale. Oh, That was, was a brown, brown ale, I think it? it was. And that was, uh, I think it was much a, a lighter brown ale, but that was that was one of our first, you know, microbrewery <laughs> beers that... Like, wow, what is this? <laughs> that was back in the day. There were so many different breweries back in right? the early 90s, all the brew pubs and the yep. microbreweries, breweries, and then everything kind of went away for a while. I have more pint glasses downstairs of breweries that were around in the early 90s that don't exist anymore. And it is well, I
1: mean, I wasn't old enough to drink, so I didn't track them back then, right? but <laughs> yeah, it does yeah. seem like it's been a huge difference just from the businesses I've seen or remembered be just being around as a mm-hmm. kid as opposed to now so right.
0: yeah. well it's nice now too you can be regional and you have local followings and we're you know the amount that we brew a year is you know you get Sam Adams will spill more in a day than we brew in a year so it's just but we can put our unique twist on the beer like we do and have a little bit of something for everybody and try small batches of 40 gallon batches say let's try this and see how it comes out Mm -hmm. either it works or it doesn't or we tweak it and we'll do something different with it or but you can experiment and come up with all different kinds of nice recipes on a small scale which is I think advantageous to uh just beer development and that kind of you know oh yeah so funny you mentioned Sam
1: Adams I did take a tour of the brewery when I was in Boston yes which they basically use only for testing yes (laughs) testing yeah. Beer. And the most interesting story, I don't remember. They brewed something. I think it was a Helly's they were trying out, which they passed around after. But I guess they keep, they brewed one beer there to keep at a local restaurant or something because it was like yes. the first place
0: yep. that was ever willing to put them on tap. Hmm. But I think
1: most of their brewing's
0: done in Cincinnati,
1: they said, or something
0: like that. Yeah, yeah. I think they Cincinnati, and I think they did they buy that whatever brewery used to be in Tampa Bay or down in Tampa, Florida. I think they. I'm not sure. Yeah, they have a couple different places around, I believe. I mean, it was but, cool to see, Yes, That's for sure. Yeah, that was a nice tour. The yeah. beautiful brewery in the old brick building. That yeah, yeah. Oh, it's really nice.
1: One thing I want to bring up, and I think it's really cool, is your monthly fundraisers for animal rescues.
0: Yes. So, our way of giving back here is, uh, so we have a beer called Four Paws Porter. It's F-O-U-R, Paws. No, it's actually Four Paws, F-O-R, Paws Porter. Um, it's an um, English-style porter. It's on the multi side. Uh, we serve it on a nitro tap. Mm-hmm. And a dollar from that, each beer that we sell goes to a different animal rescue organization every month. So we've done cat rescue groups, dog rescue. We've done equine. We've done uh, veterans groups. With, uh, we've raised money for seeing-eye dogs for therapy dogs, for veterans. Oh, wow. So everything is animal-related, but it's just something that we've done from the very beginning, and that's kind of every month. We'll have uh, events here, or we'll uh, have organizations. will come here and set up a little tent or something on a band day mm-hmm. and just have their little booth here where we'll have a dedicated event for... Uh, some bands have members that are affiliated with some rescue groups. So the Red Wagon is affiliated with the German Shepherd Rescue Group in New York. So when they play here in August, the German Shepherd Rescue Group will have a fundraiser day here as well. and They'll have a booth and uh, raffles and that kind of thing. So it's nice. So rotates monthly. And uh, people that don't drink the porter, we have a donation jar on the counter and we have a set amount that we send each month to whatever organization that we have. So it's nice. I mean, that that's our way of kind of helping out animals. My wife and I, we don't have any kids, we have animals. So that's kind of our, we've always worked with rescue groups. I that was going to ask, cool. so, that's super cool. What was the inspiration? Behind yeah. Santa so Meadow? we have adopted dogs and <laughs> cats and she has a couple of horses that were off the track thoroughbreds oh, and wow. that kind of thing. So we're into the, uh, yeah, the helping out animals and animal rescue and that type of deal. So that kind of just was natural to phase that into the brewery and uh, people love it. We have people putting money in the, you know, donation jar all the time. And uh, people awesome. come, they'll see the advertisements. So we'll advertise in the beginning of the month at which organization that we're helping out for the month and everything. And we get a lot of people that come in just, hey, I saw that you're helping them out and they'll come in for a. Beer or two, and make a donation, and it's, it's really nice.
1: Yeah, that's great. So, what kind of dogs do you have?
0: So we have uh, three Dalmatians. Oh wow! And we have a little pity. So, but they're how, all rescue dogs. And how are the Dalmatians just attitude wise? I've heard mixed things. They're very they're a working dog, so if you don't keep them busy, they'll keep themselves busy doing something. Okay, and it's usually something you don't want them to do. <laughs> but as they get older, they phase out of a little bit. But in the first The first part of their life they're uh they're always going they're always looking for something to do so oh wow all right that's uh my good yeah my
1: girlfriend and i have a beagle australian shepherd mix mm -hmm. and she's super adorable like she has the head of the beagle she's beagle size but she has the fur of like an australian shepherd so when we wash her she puffs up like a cotton ball really yeah (laughs) her tail (laughs) curls up nice and she loves me more than my girlfriend which annoys the shit out of her
0: yeah (laughs) yeah i can see that yes I don't rub it in her face at all. Oh, no. (laughs) No. Why would you do that? No, Yeah.
1: So, (laughs) do you have a a particular favorite beer that you've brewed so far, or is it just kind Uh, of flavor of
0: the month? I kind of, I don't know. I like the maltier beers, but lately I've been on this Pilsner kick or the light Mm -hmm. kick. I don't know if it's because the weather changed, but the... I like IPAs, but I the IPAs that we brew here are, I don't want to say normal IPAs, but we have a lot of people that come in and say, thank you for brewing a normal IPA. So I'm not exactly sure what that means, but I'm we brew either, sure either a California, like a Sierra Nevada style, nice, clean, citrusy IPA, mm-hmm. or we do the one that you had, it was a Northwest style, which is... Uh, clean citrusy but it has that little dankiness to it from the chinook hops though we haven't done a hazy ipa that i know that's all the rage and everything now but we haven't done any milkshake ipas we haven't done kind of all these different ipas we kind of i like the standard ipas Or i guess what i grew up drinking i think maybe that's what it is but the nice clean citrusy ipas are they're enjoyable and you know, we don't have a bunch of IPAs on. Sometimes we'll have two, but we always have one, and it, it seems to always be in that sort of style, mm-hmm. like a nice, clean, citrusy IPA. Uh, I like IPAs. It depends the mood I'm in. Sometimes I want something a little hazy and juicy, mm-hmm. sometimes not. Oh, but, yeah, I, I drink them. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Oh the like milk, them, The milkshake but... one is a little. I've had, like, two or three bad experiences with yeah. those where I made it about halfway down the glass, and it just, I don't know. It just kind of wasn't my thing. Is there something you haven't brewed yet you're itching to try? We've kind of done a little bit of everything. We haven't done any sours yet, which I know are popular now as well. But, and we've kind of run the spectrum. What I really want to do this year, I'd like to do a nice traditional Bach beer. Oh, wow. And have that next March or something like that. We'll brew it and we'll let it age and... Maybe a Doppelbach or a regular bock, but that was always a nice, that nice multi lager style was, that's on the list, so that would be the one. Nice. Any future plans for the brewery? Something you'd like to see where this place goes? Um, like I said, we're probably going to enclose the pavilion, and we'll see if we can get a little more time out of it in a bigger space, and we might be able to host additional events at that time You know, I'd see a lot of paint and sip events or people like doing trivia or this and that. Unfortunately, inside here during the winter, it's a little too small. Uh So if we could utilize that space, it would be nice. We're tossing around the idea of maybe doing small canning runs of our beers. Because right now we only fill crowlers to go or growlers that people bring in. But people ask us for beer to go. We have 16 ounce cans and there's two of our accounts that are asking for our canned beers. So we're tossing that around internally about what we want to do with that. But, uh, you know, like I said, with, with our full-time jobs and the size of the brewery and what it's evolved into, we're kind of happy with where it is now Mm -hmm. and we don't have any immediate plans of expansion or anything like that. So we're kind of just sailing along You know, making it up as we go.
1: Nothing wrong with that at all. You love what you're doing. You love where it's at. It's great.
0: Yeah, we're very happy with how everything's going. So.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So I think that's a wrap on another episode of Stories from a Bar. So big thanks, Mike, for letting me hang out, uh, taste these beers, and just chat sports and beers. Yes. I'd say go Rangers, but the season's over. I th- I'm rooting for Florida now. I kind of want to see oh, them yeah, take Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> me too.
0: I just I love the run they're on, and let's see what happens and see if they can finish it.
1: But I appreciate uh, you taking the time, of course, to hang out. And yes, it This has been super fun.
0: Thank you very much. Uh,
1: if you're not doing it already, be sure to go, like, follow, subscribe, all the things you can do to the social media pages for Helderberg Mountain Brewing Company. Keep tabs on everything that's going on. Anything else
0: you want to throw in? Um, everything, uh band schedule, food truck schedule is on our website and uh, on our Facebook uh, page. And we do regular updates a couple times a week on Instagram and Facebook and new beers and events and all that kind of stuff. So awesome. people look out. Huge thank you, everyone out there, for checking out the show, wherever you're
1: finding it. I certainly appreciate it. You can, of course, follow Stories from a Bar on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at StoriesFAB to keep up with everything coming up with the show. You'll find Stories from a Bar on all the major podcast platforms, so be sure to like, subscribe, and even more importantly, leave fantastic reviews and share the hell out of it. Until next time, cheers.